Hello and welcome to our podcast, Night and Moon. I am Tanner Knight. Joined with me as always is my lovely and talented wife, Gabby Luna Knight. Hey. Hello. And joined with us, as always, I guess we can say, is Smokey and Jackie. So this is our very first episode that we're recording after attending a very special wedding. Yeah, so, so we haven't recorded since August, I think. Is, has it been August? I think so, maybe <laughs> beginning of September. We knew that this was going to be a busy busy fall, so we mm-hmm. summer loaded them. Uh, we went to Ian and Cleo Chapin's wedding. Yes, congratulations. So congratulations to them, and uh, we had a blast. It was a great time, great wedding. Mm-hmm. It actually took place in basically my home stomping grounds. Yeah. The North Country. Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. And Gabby got to see exactly where I got where I went to school. Yeah. And got Sasquatch. To, <laughs> you saw Sasquatch. <laughs> he was there. He was there. Mm-hmm. And you had a Michigan hot dog, I'm sure, from the Stewarts. Is that did we have that? Yes, did. we did. And, and we had a burger. And a burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, well, we have to say that the wedding was lovely. Yeah, it was. And it was absolutely like lovely. like a dream twilight wedding. Yeah, in the woods. Uh-huh. With all of the sounds of nature and perfect weather, just great late September wedding. Um, it's nice to be home as well and understand that we live in a place <laughs> where you don't have to drive twenty minutes just oh, to get to yeah. the store. But it was magical for the weekend to like yeah. drive in the middle of nowhere and you know those windy roads. <laughs> yeah, I, well, how many deer did you see along the road? Would you say? Oh my gosh, like. That I paid attention and saw, and you can only see them at night for the most part, right? Well, you see them at day every now and again, too. Well, I don't know. I feel like maybe 15 to yeah, 20. A lot of deer. Uh-huh. A lot of freaking deer. A lot. And uh, we got to see my mom and mm-hmm. Chance, her dog. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. We went to, where did we go? Uh, Canada. To Canada. <laughs> Montreal. If you're not familiar with where upstate New York is, it's right on the border of Canada. Yeah. So we just drove straight north into Montreal, and we met our friends G and B for some brunch. Good times had all around. So very productive trip. Yeah, lots of great people up there in the North Country. In the <laughs> North Country. Yes. See, the key to the North Country accent is that you cannot move your jaw. You gotta either keep it really dead and like <laughs> like that, or clench it really hard too. You can do that too, because if you don't move your jaw. That's that's really the accent. <laughs> Other than that, we've been exploring Utah in the fall and seeing colors. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just so many colors. Yeah, it's all red and golden right now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty spectacular in the mountains. Oh, I guess I haven't been out and about all that much, and I don't know. <laughs> we need to go to the mountains soon. Yes, we should go tomorrow. Yeah. Because the times, they are a-changing. It is turning into, I guess, late fall here. Fall, fall goes by so it's quick. It's like, boom. Uh-huh. I consider fall the month of October. It's like <laughs> yes. September. No, but September. What, when... It's still pretty summery in September here in Utah. Well, yeah. I, actually, the weekend we went was the, sum- the fall yeah, um, the equinox. Yeah, equinox, right? Yeah. Or is it? We got to experience the change from summer to fall mm-hmm. in upstate New York. Yeah, lovely. But the colors there hadn't changed yet. They're just starting to change, I guess. But yeah, even like the the following weekend, yeah, it was already. My like, mom had yeah. some cool pictures. Yeah, it's already red. Womp womp. 
Well, it's beautiful here too. Yeah. <laughs> My mom <laughs> likes to compete with us about how No, with you. I don't <laughs> I had me. nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. And now he's competing in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Mm -hmm. And I guess we should update folks on the state of our house. We were slowly making progress after the summer flood that uh, caused our basement to be torn up. So we're painted. We have drywall put up and it's painted. Mm -hmm. We have a ceiling that we're putting up. I would say it's about, what do you think? 70, 75? 70% done. 70% because we still have some painting, the flooring, and then to reassemble both rooms. That's not going to be that hard. It'll be the most satisfying part yeah. of it. And we'll be like, woo, woo. It's been a Let's slow... redecorate it. How do we make it pretty? It's been a slog until now. Mm -hmm. But we're getting there. The flooring is the next big tackle. Which we have it all in the garage. So it's yeah, ready to go. So heavy. <laughs> you also smoked your very first full-ass chicken <laughs> Surprisingly enough, you would think that smoking meats of all kinds, I would have smoked a chicken, but... I don't think I, if I if I had it was on a different type of smoker like the bullet oh, type okay, of smoker yeah. but I've never done it on the Traeger and it came out so oh, delicious. So it almost like honestly makes me think it's turkey. It's, I don't know how it's, it's just the smoked chicken that yeah for some the reason the fat becomes thicker. Yeah, it has a a turkey esque <laughs> flavor. So good. Do it if you have a smoker and you haven't done it. Smoke it. <laughs> Everybody's like, uh, yeah, duh, we have it. <laughs> We've done it before. Yeah, chicken is pretty damn good. Yeah, we should do that more often. That's what how much was that chicken? <laughs> like thirteen bucks, I think. Oh my gosh. It like tastes so good. <laughs> yeah. We're going to continue our series on the loss of a pet. And the uh, stages of grief. And more specifically the stages of grief. And we've talked about I don't know, more of the glamorous ones, anger and Yeah. You know, shock and all of those, but it's so glamorous. <laughs> super glamorous. But I would say that today's topic is, is one that we can all identify with yeah. regardless of losing anything. And that is, what what stage is it? It's the fifth stage? Yeah, we're at the fifth the stage. The fifth stage, which is depression. Up until now, we've kind of talked about, I don't want to say the shorter stages, but you can only be in shock for so long. And, you know, you get tired if you're angry all the time and you eventually just kind of sputter out. And depression is where you land. And it can last a long time. Or maybe it can be a little mixed. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, let's course. see if the book gives us more information on that. I mean, I feel like I've met people who seem to stick around the anger for a long time. Yeah. I think that males <laughs> are more encouraged to stick in the anger stage than any other one. It's just way more acceptable for you to be angry than to be sad and depressed. Yeah. And you have to get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> So just in case, discussion of depression and kind of the symptoms and connected feelings to depression, this might be a good episode to sit out so we don't want anybody to get triggered and go down a rabbit hole of depression. So we will be talking about these topics and uh, you can choose to listen accordingly. Thank you, Tanner. And yeah, we're going to kind of start a little morbid. And what makes this particular stage morbid is that depression can definitely lead to end of life and and to like your life ending because you choose to end it. Yeah, where you see no other light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And I believe the correct terminology is becoming a victim of suicide because it is sort of a, as we see a stage that we're in or a mental. Yeah, you know, it's a reaction to a mental state that's. That you can become a victim of. Yeah, it's very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. 
besides letting us know that it can lead to committing suicide, they're letting us know morbidity measures a conditions degree of misery and pain. And so depression also is morbid because of the degree mm -hmm. of misery and pain you go through. Yeah, I think depression is solely associated with both misery and pain. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah, nothing is more miserable or painful than losing a pet. So here are some of the signs of depression. It can be marked by a lowered mood, difficulty in thinking, and unusual physical fatigue. And there are also signs of anxiety, obsessive thought, appetite loss, and difficulty with normal sleep patterns. And then this is also dominated by like this attitude of gloom, dejection, and despair. So that's what you can expect when you see someone who's depressed. Or are someone who is depressed. And mm -hmm. I yes. think it's easy to be depressed and maybe not be fully aware of it just because we've got a million things going on. And depression is one of those things that is easy to kick to the back of your mind and just kind of power through and say, oh, it's just a function of the human condition, which, you know, may be true to a certain extent. But mm -hmm. I think that you can only alleviate depression by acknowledging it and realizing that it's there. And I guess recognizing these symptoms is a good way to do that. It also goes into say that depression, it actually helps to dull pain temporarily. So, so like emotional pain. So depression is something you can almost kind of get addicted to. Use it to drown out something, you know? Yeah. Like I'm depressed, so I'm not really going to do anything about it maybe. Yeah. It's easy to get caught in a cycle with depression because... It just makes you want to do nothing. Yeah, and it offers unnecessary escape of relief from the devastating intensity. Yeah. Usually after pet loss, it the worst of the depression lasts like about a few days, which I think was kind of accurate for us when whenever we did hit the depression, or maybe it's lingered a little bit for both of us. Well, and like all of these, and we, we've said this all along the way, is that it's never a linear progression. It's mm -hmm. never like, oh, okay, I'm done with that. On to depression. Yeah, I don't feel like I can pinpoint when I started to feel a little depressed. Yeah, and it still comes up. It's like we still will be depressed by the notion of not having Max around for mm -hmm. whatever, you know, whatever thing he was around for. And, you know, the same will happen eventually if when we lose these pets. Yes. And uh, I think that if they really mean enough to you or they mean a lot to you, then you're going to be depressed when they're gone. And yeah, it sucks to say that because nobody wants to be depressed, but it's depressing. And trying to avoid it probably is not the best way to handle it, I think. It's one of those things where the only way around is through. And yeah, there's no, there's no shortcut, I guess. Even if you could find a shortcut, it would be so difficult to use it because you don't know when you started <laughs> feeling yeah. depressed. Yeah. So like what's, yeah. you could be That's like, true. yeah, shortcut, but like when did it, you don't know, it just sneaks up on you. Yeah. All of a sudden you don't want to take your pajamas or take a shower, you know, and it's like. Tough one. Um, they kind of point out how people say misery loves company, but that's not true for depressed people. They mostly prefer to suffer alone. Hmm. And in silence. Interesting. I guess I don't really have a uh, a frame of reference there. I would prefer to suffer with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess you are part of my circle here. <laughs> and so you're 
I yeah, you're part of alone. <laughs> okay, you're one of one of us. <laughs> well, I, I could see how it could also be isolating too for like a couple, and they lose a pet, and mm-hmm. one of them responds one way, and another one responds another way, and they kind of diverge. Even before we started doing these, like I feel like I mentioned it in a previous episode that we stopped talking about Max a little bit, sort of trying not to trigger one another, just to not make the other one cry when they were okay yeah. and stable. And I feel like being able to talk about it here has helped out. Yeah. It helped heal. Yeah. And I think that's true in pretty much every case. If, mm-hmm. if you want to heal something, talk to someone about it. Yeah. Hopefully someone who cares. <laughs> but if they don't care, then, you know, the reaction is... Then find someone else that cares. Find someone else that cares. Yeah. Because, like... We've talked about, like, the people you shouldn't, you know, put your eggs on their basket. (laughs) We move on to feeling self-destructive. So another warning here. If this is too much for you, please reach out and find help if you're feeling suicidal or self-destructive. Fortunately, when feeling depressed, suicide is most often contemplated and not, you know, performed or attempted. But severe depression can definitely become dangerous for anyone, really. Yeah. If you do have persistent self-destructive thoughts, it's always best to seek a professional. And a kitty cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only a small percentage of people who lose their pets experience or consider suicide. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably true. I think that it's devastating. Mm-hmm. But... But, like... Everything else that we've discussed in the past, usually like the death and, and triggering these kind of things, it's because of other stuff that hasn't been worked yeah. through. It's the unresolved trauma from mm-hmm. past that it might bring up. Yeah. Depression is probably one of the most common responses after pet loss. I can see that. Within depression, there can come like a point where you begin to withdraw from people and society. We may become disconsolate and concerned only with the loss of the pet and nothing else. Like, that's all we can think of. And then we use our own sorrow between ourselves and our pet as a barrier, like a whole fence around the entire world. Yeah, I kind of think of it like a tunnel where you're stuck in a tunnel with your sadness for the loss and the tunnel is blocking out your vision from everything else you can't see it so that's a really good way to look at it too yeah you're just kind of stuck and surrounded by it yeah and closed so you have to consciously open the windows or open the doors and try to find a way to not be stuck in the tunnel i like the tunnel analogy because looking at things that way does it force you to keep going forward or yeah there's the notion of keeping going forward as well as that you know, the tunnels in your mind. It's totally a construct of your sadness. And if you can choose to look beyond it and realize, oh, maybe it's not a tunnel after all. It's a canopy of trees, maybe, or or something else that's more welcoming. And, you know, it's all a matter of perspective at that point. And it's not like, oh, I just flipped a switch and now it's, it's not sadness. But it's it's a matter of these small steering that you do to your perception that you can steer yourself out of it rather than steer yourself into worse territory. That's kind of how I think of it. It totally makes sense, though. Yeah, I can see that. Sometimes it's harder to 
to steer back in the right direction. Absolutely, but to it not all side hound. It all starts with one choice, just to yeah steer in the right direction. Which you know it's all subjective, but I think we can all agree that removing depression is favorable to having depression. So if you can move in the direction of removing your depression and replacing it with something else positive, or you know even if it even if it's not positive, even if it's neutral at first, that's better than depression. Yeah. So it's it's all micro choices and decisions that influence how you get steered into or out of it. It says here that there's a, a lot of people, you know, we've talked about this, people who tell you to look at the bright side. It was only a pet. Hey, cheer up. <laughs> and again, they're well-intentioned, but they don't know what they say. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty half-assed we'll say <laughs> yeah and when you're depressed you know you might have people who want to push you to do stuff and even caring friends can try to push you yeah and again well-intentioned but mm -hmm. it's hard when you're in the tunnel i guess yeah when going through depression we we might even seem to lose ourselves our focus becomes completely on the loss of that pet It's a focus that's too big on that, like on that one particular thing and nothing else. It's like a single-minded focus. Yeah, tunnel vision. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Look at that, full circle, <laughs> full tunnel. <laughs> We went right around the tunnel. Sometimes like religious things and and philosophical quotes don't really help us at the depression time. Like, <laughs> And maybe they do, but usually that happens when you find them yourself, right? I, I think yeah, when, when, when people send them to you. Yeah, yeah. People are just trying to help. <laughs> yeah. Religion just rarely helps in these times of, well, for me personally, I'll say, religion just doesn't do it for me. And, you know, maybe doesn't do it for a lot of other people too. So I think just listening to people instead of sending them Bible quotes is probably better. <laughs> yeah, but some people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes like... Quotes in general can be condescending to someone, just depending on how they take it. There's just like really no right way to not. How do you? What do you say to people? You know, like yeah, that's really difficult. Yeah, it's not a words time. Mm -hmm. It's a a hugs time, I guess. Yeah, hugs language. Another thing that can make us depressed is like we really don't know what happened to our pet after death. You know, you hope and you think that you know. He's going to puppy heaven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. It is equally the case with human death. We just don't know what's afterwards. And I think speculating about it is probably about the dumbest thing you could do. But it's not like we're going to stop. <laughs> That's yeah. what humanity is about, I guess. We'll never know. So we have nothing but our speculation until and, we get there. And then that's what causes a depression. If you see that you or if you feel that you're depressed by losing a pet or something and you feel ready to go on a healing stage because i think depression can be healed yeah of course it's it's a tunnel you're in you're stuck in when you're ready to want to get out of it i think then that's when you begin to heal if it's really intense that you might need professional help and that's kind of like the healing stage is just taking those steps to see where you're at and to see what you need to get better Yeah, it's a way to check in with some accountability if mm -hmm. you have a professional, especially because, I mean, they don't have anything to gain from lying to you. Yeah. So 
you're, I'm you're... sure there's like an extreme demand for mental health professionals. So yeah, if we don't talk to them, someone else will. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, you know, there's no shame in that. Let's see. Another thing that can help you on the healing stage are obviously medications. They have to be by a professional. Uh-huh. So they have to be prescribed by a professional. Um, psychotherapy also can help. We talked about that already. And I think just having friends that validate your feelings and listen to you, loving loving friends and family yeah. members. Yeah. I think you can journal. I don't know if I see that here, but I think journaling is a good one. What did you what do you think about journaling as a man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think journaling is a very good way to not only help you come to like a more solid thought of your how you're feeling, but maybe make some art out of it. It doesn't have to be poetry or Basquiat or anything, but like express yourself in in any way, yeah. artistically, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Emotionally. You know, if you want want to write some words or do a draw a painting or picture or something like that i think that those are really creative outlets to help you focus on it in a a way that you're not just dwelling on it it's a a creative and evolving type of way to think about it and and live with it any other healing uh techniques you think would be great for people well Well, we always say meditation (laughs) why are we not (laughs) that's what i was gonna say is that meditation is Probably the no bullshit way to get to the core of how you're feeling. And, you know, it's it's going to provide you with the same insight that a professional would in most cases. Hopefully, that's the goal. You want to have an actual good, clear picture of what's going on. And whether you come to that on your own or with help, it doesn't matter. But meditation is stripped bare. <laughs> you can't run from yourself or you can it's just you don't get anywhere and if you do the meditation will put that in your face and yeah force you to deal with why you're running and sometimes that can be scary for people yeah for and sure. i think a lot of people avoid meditating because that comes up or or just the idea of maybe even wanting to feel it or things coming up yeah it's life is hard and feelings are intense and you know, every who who on earth doesn't just want to feel happy, intense happiness at all times or, you know, whatever joy you have. Like, everybody wants to feel joy at all times. And the sad reality is, is that's just unrealistic. And if you expect life to be joyous 100% of the time, I think it's going to be more depressing and ha- it'll be harder to deal with when it actually does happen. Yeah, I agree with that because... It, yeah, if you're always thinking you have to be happy, we we've seen that movie. <laughs> Joy is like the the Inside Out movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Joy can't just always be the one that we are That's constantly in, charge, yeah. in. Yeah, there's got there's mood changes, mm-hmm. and actually that's that leads right into this thing where it's mentioned that depression does serve a purpose. It yeah. does help you diminish the intensity of the emotions. And it gives us time to live and assimilate the grim of our new reality. Yeah, it, it's unes- inescapable. It's a human condition that we will experience at one point. And I guess the whole goal is to experience it and not let it crush us. <laughs> yeah, because like the morning of you wake up, oh, fuck. Like, you know, the animal's no longer here. That's 
so horrible. That's a new reality. And of course, you're going to be depressed. So just know that the depression is helping you if you're in that stage right now. Or even if, if you're in that stage and it already happened a long time ago. I mean, it happens. Yeah. And it's helping. It's trying to help you come to terms with that sadness and bring it to your forefront and help you process it. Ultimately, all life is change and growth. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth living. This is a hard lesson to learn, but a necessary one that our beloved pets can teach us. Yeah, the one constant in life is change. And that is a tough lesson. Yeah, it's Definitely. it's one of those things that you actively, or you see people actively fighting against. Like there's always, and I don't want to call out old people as, <laughs> as a, a group, but you tend to see the elder folk pushing against change. Oh, it's this is changing and I don't like it. And Oh, yeah. And they're, they've already experienced so much change in their elder age, you know? Yeah. So that when they're becoming even older and going into change like that, I can see how it's scary. Yeah, it uh, it's more difficult. It's, mm-hmm. it's just not as easy to roll with the punches, I guess, yeah. when you're that old. But even so, we all struggle with Change. And we're, we're going to struggle, too. I mean, God knows what technology is going to be. That and way. we have struggled with the change that Max was not here anymore. So mm-hmm. we struggled with that. Yeah. And, you know, the, nobody wants the change of a pet going from living to not living. That's a huge change. Nobody wants that. Mm-mm. But it's unavoidable. And I, I don't know. It's like part of the, the price of owning a pet, I guess. Yeah. it's real, And it's like the reality of life. I mean, we all are going to die. Yeah, on a much larger scale, mm-hmm. it represents everything yeah. in, in life. It's a cycle of life. Yeah. It just sucks oh that Oh my it gosh, that was be... so Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks that it just couldn't be a longer cycle, maybe like 20 years. Yeah, he should have had more years in him. Yeah. I, he did feel like he was ancient, but we don't know how old he really was. Well, we don't. It's a mystery. We think he was born in the 1800s. <laughs> We're not sure, though. <laughs> yeah. Max. 1800s to 2022. (laughs) All of these uh, passages or quotes that I read were from the book, The Loss of a Pet from Wallace Syphe, PhD, the same one we've been reading these last few episodes. We have one more left, which is... You're going to tell them or you're going to leave it to be a secret? I guess it's not that... Yeah, the, the next one and, and the last one is resolution and closure. Well, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> we will resolve and close the series on that topic. I do think depression, even though this has been one of our shorter episodes about the topic, it is one of the longer periods that you can get stuck in. Yeah. And it... Uh, There's not much to depression other than yeah. just like living in it. Getting through it and helping <laughs> it evolve into not depression. That, yeah. That's pretty much it. And, you know, anger... It happens and it it's fiery and it's a big expulsion of energy. It could definitely burn you more. Yeah, it can burn you more in a very immediate way. But I think that it it's like a thunderstorm. It's just destined to burn out based on how much energy it consumes. So you just can't live in that state forever and can't live in any of these states. And you're not supposed to. You're supposed to evolve beyond them and hopefully learn something along the way Mm -hmm. so that's all we've got this week we will talk more about losing a pet and wrap things up with our next episode so hopefully you guys like this type of content 
Uh, if you have any specific questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you and build the community and hear what you have to say. So let us know. Ooh, what's the question of the week? We have to close out with the question of the week. Okay, so Tanner, what's the question of the week? All right, so our question of the week is, what helps you get through your own depression tunnel? So we'd love to hear whatever it is, whether it's listen to music, cook, pet a kitty. It's going to be, on, you know, on Spotify, so you can answer there. And then also on our Instagram, just leave a message on any other post, and we'll love to hear about it. <laughs> Respond in kind as well. So again, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us, and hopefully you enjoy this content. So we hope to see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.